Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be chatting all about pelvic organ prolapse, what it is, and whether or not you should be terrified about having it. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Safe Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. Today we're going to be chatting all about pelvic organ prolapse, which is where your pelvic organs are pushing into the vaginal wall and maybe sitting a little bit lower in your body than normal. And there's a lot of fear associated with pelvic organ prolapse or commonly referred to just as pop or just as prolapse. And I totally understand like why it can be something that's super scary. We've had folks that will message us to say, hey, I got diagnosed with a prolapse. Am I allowed to have a vaginal birth or will vaginal birth make it worse? Or am I even allowed to run or to do things? So it can feel like something that is preventing you from being able to live a full life. But know that pelvic organ prolapse, you may have it and not even know that you have it because it doesn't cause you any symptoms. And then, so if it's not causing you symptoms, it's usually not an issue. It's just potentially like a normal part of giving birth. Our bodies are a little bit different after we give birth. There doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It doesn't mean there's a decrease in function in them. So it's similar to just having looser skin after giving birth. Like our skin is just a little bit looser. It doesn't mean it's less functional. And so it's really similar to a prolapse or organs are in a little bit different of a place. It doesn't mean it's less functional. Now, if you do have symptoms associated with your prolapse and it is affecting your quality of life, there are tons of people out there that can help you, such as a pelvic floor physical therapist or a urogynecologist. And so we're going to chat all about what is pelvic organ prolapse. We're also going to talk about our own stories on what our experiences are with pelvic organ prolapse personally. And so hopefully you can learn from us and feel more confident as you navigate your journey. So Roxanne, can you dive a little bit deeper into what is pelvic organ prolapse? Of course. So as Gina said, pelvic organ prolapse is when your organs are kind of pushing through that vaginal wall. Usually it's in a location where the vaginal wall is just a little bit thinner. That could have been caused like during childbirth or just like during pregnancy. Increased pressure could have caused it or it could have just, you know, be a natural thing that just happens. Regardless of how it happens, there is like a thinning of the wall where either the rectum starts to push through or the bladder starts to push through that wall. And there are different grades. So the different types are uterine prolapse, rectocele, which is that rectum pushing through, and then cystocele, which is the bladder pushing through. And they're graded on a scale of one to four. So grade one is like the least severe and a grade four is the more severe. Usually these grades are given to you by a urogynecologist where they do a different, like a full pelvic exam, having you bear down and like measuring and like craziness happens. And they, based off of that assessment, they give you a grade of one to four. Usually grade threes or four are like protruding out of the introitus a little bit, whereas grade one and two, it kind of just depends on how far in the vaginal wall, but also like when you bear down, how far does it descend? So the introitus is the opening of the vagina. 
So depending on the grade, again, as Gina said, does not depend on how much symptoms you're going to have and how functional you're going to be. Some people have a prolapse and don't even ever know that they have a prolapse until maybe they go to a pap smear and their provider's like, oh, it looks like your, you know, your bladder is pushing through your wall a little bit. Or, oh, it looks like your uterus is sitting lower. And they're like, okay, cool. What does that mean? How is that going to change my life? And if you don't have symptoms, it doesn't. Continue living as if you never knew. But if you do have symptoms of either pelvic floor heaviness, like a tampon is falling out, or you're having issues like going to the bathroom, either pooping or peeing, like maybe you feel like after you poop, you still feel like you need to continue pooping. Or when you pee, like, and then you stand up, a little bit of pee comes out. Or like you feel like you're not fully emptying the bladder. All of these things could be associated with prolapse. It could also be associated with pain, especially if that uterus is sitting a little bit lower. Intercourse, like sex, can be a little bit uncomfortable because like it's sitting lower, so it's easier to get hit and it doesn't feel great when the cervix is like hit. So there are different things and different symptoms that you might notice that could affect your life long term. And so treating those symptoms to like become symptomless is the goal. And pelvic floor PT has been shown to be very effective at treating symptoms and potentially even like decreasing the grade. So you could have a grade two and with pelvic floor PT, it could become like a grade one. Or if you have a grade three, it could become a grade two. But the grade, again, doesn't really mean much other than this like like arbitrary scale. You could be a grade two and not have any symptoms at all. So that's the case for me. I have a cystocele, which means that my bladder is pushing into my vaginal wall, but I don't have any symptoms from it. It doesn't really affect me. I think it's anywhere from like a grade one to a grade two, depending on like the PT that I see. And it was something that I didn't even know that I had until I was like eight months postpartum with my first, where I was just like oh, maybe I'll go see a PT <laughs> for fun. And she was like, I actually, she didn't even tell me at the appointment. I found out after the fact when I was looking at my medical records that I had a prolapse. And I was like, she probably didn't want to tell you and like get in yeah, your head about it. Yeah, because it wasn't an issue. And I was like, what do you mean I have a prolapse? Like, what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? What does, what it, does mean? it mean? What do you mean? Um, it didn't mean anything because it wasn't something that was affecting my function. I mean, so if you are going to work with a pelvic physical therapist to help with symptoms and you're finding that your symptoms are not improving, you need to find a new PT. And so if the only PT exercise that you're doing is glute bridges and clamshells and you're only doing things in a supine position, it's probably not going to help you progress. Like you need to be able to get up and move and learn how to manage pressure and all that good stuff to help with prolapse symptoms. And so if you've been seeing a PT for a few months and you are not seeing any improvement in anything, you need to find a new PTC, um, especially if you're just doing the same exercises or you're just doing dry needling or manual therapy, we need to find a new PT. And so what's also really cool is when you do see a polyphor physical therapist, they can also kind of look at how the prolapse changes in different positions. And so they can assess supine which is going to have a different gravity demand on your body. They can assess in a standing position. They can get crazy and get into a squat position. And so there's a lot of different positions that you can try that kind of change the tension within your pelvic floor, change the gravity demand to kind of assess to see what the differences are with your prolapse as well. I and mean, especially if there's certain movements where you feel more symptomatic, those would definitely be good ones to have a pelvic floor physical therapist look at or even bring up to a urogynecologist, which would be the next step, which is something that you had to go through. 
Yes. So I, with my first one, I had a grade two prolapse, a rectocele. So my rectum is pushing into my vaginal vault. And I was pretty symptomatic, probably due to my lack of recovery that I was not smart about. But we're not going to go. We will talk about it a lot. That's a, another another issue. <laughs> so I was seeing PT for about six months and my symptoms like slightly improved, but were still really there. And so my PT recommended going to a urogynecologist to get a pessary so that I was able to progress in my movements to like get stronger to get rid of my symptoms, hopefully. And so I made an appointment with a urogynecologist, as with all providers, it takes a couple months to get in. And that's why she like asked earlier on in the recovery process so that she knew it was going to take a while to get in. So around eight or nine months, I think, postpartum is when I finally got in to see the urogynecologist. This is where he graded the prolapse and then was like, yes, we can fit you for a pessary. He's like, you're a perfect candidate. There are tons of different types of pessaries out there. There's like the ring pessary, the like cone pessary, I think. Regardless, I don't know all the names of the pessaries, but there's a lot of pessaries. And what a pessary is, it's an internal support device that you place into your vagina, and then it's just supporting your pelvic organs, similarly like your vaginal vault is supposed to, um, like pushing it out of that vaginal vault. Um, if you've ever used like a diaphragm or even like a nuva ring where you place that in there, um, even I guess like a little bit like a disc. So some people will use discs and uh, what's the other one? A cup. A cup also as like a makeshift pessary because it kind of will do the same thing where like you place it and it kind of pushes a little bit the organs out of the way. Um, so I had a disc pessary so that I just placed that and it held and supported my vaginal wall so that I did not have symptoms. And at first I wore it like all the time. One of the side effects of having a pessary is one, it could increase your risk of obviously having vaginal infections. Um, so I ensured I took like really good probiotics. Um, I continue taking my needed probiotic that I really love. It has tons of different strains because this is a really, that's like the biggest thing with our microbiome is that we want to have a ton of different strains in our probiotics and within our guts to ensure that like that's going to save us from getting infections because that's like a diverse microbiome, as they say, is how we can prevent um, getting sick. Uh, and that is one of the things I love about Needed's probiotic, our pre and probiotic one, that is both a prebiotic and a probiotic. But the types of strains that they put in there, they're very intentional with the types of strains and source those strains from like good, good places. Um, so I trust their pre and probiotic. It's what I also took during my entire pregnancy. Um, but I couldn't take it during when I first got my pessary. So I had to do a ton of research because Needed didn't exist then. Um, to find a good probiotic because I did not want to get a yeast infection or like bacterial vaginosis. And it was so hard to find a good one. Um, so I did get a yeast infection and it sucked while well, with the pessary. Um, so since I've been taking Needed's pre and probiotic, I have not had a yeast infection. So not saying that it's them, but I highly recommend Needed's pre and probiotic. I also was GBS negative with both of my pregnancies where I took it. So again, not scientifically proven because it's just me. And I don't think Gina, <laughs> maybe Gina could also join in on this two-person research project. But if you want to try out needed spree and probiotic for yourself in either pregnancy, postpartum, or if you are using a pessary, you can use code MAMASTAYPOD for 20% off your first order or the first three months of your subscription.
Another thing with a pessary is that depending on the type of pessary you have, um, it can like hold your vaginal discharge just in the pessary and then you can move slightly and it'll come through like this little hole that's in the pessary and it just like all comes out at once and it looks like you peed yourself, which was really great the first time it happened to me. I was at my nail salon and I was like, did I just pee myself? What the fuck just happened? And thankfully I had like a pad on just by chance and I was like, never leaving the house without a pad on. This was incredibly, this could have been incredibly embarrassing. Uh, so two things with pessaries that that are like a little bit of a side effect or like negative side effect of having them in place. But positives, I had no symptoms and I was able to get back to the gym, actually start doing like exercises that didn't increase my symptoms that I wasn't able to do previously. So even like squatting caused my like heaviness to like greatly increase. Even like walking, sometimes I couldn't really go for long walks without having crazy symptoms. So like my symptoms were like all over the place, um, likely due to just like imbalances within my body that I still needed to address. But I couldn't do those things without having like incredible symptoms which really put a damper on being able to work out. So finally, eight, nine months postpartum, got my pessary and was able to return to the gym. And I was able to stop wearing my pessary um, all the time after like two months. And I only wore them when I was doing like workouts or at work. Um, and then slowly I stopped needing it at all. And I don't, the last time I wore it was probably like a month before I got pregnant with Colin. So there's definitely a lot that we can do to heal from any sort of symptomatic prolapse that you're having or to help kind of manage any symptoms that you do experience. Because occasionally I'll have like a little bit of heaviness like every once in a while, like especially if I've been like standing for a really long time and like maybe my posture wasn't like wonderful. I mean, that's a whole conversation on whether or not there's perfect posture. But if you're always like in one position, just like really arched and like pushing your belly forward like all the time, or if you're like tucking your butt underneath, and you're holding that position for a long time, it can cause some pelvic heaviness because you're stuck in one position. And when we're stuck in one position, we tend to clench a little bit more. And sometimes the symptoms of prolapse could be your, your pelvic floor is tight. Your pelvic floor tension is causing that symptom of heaviness when it's not necessarily your prolapse. And so if you're experiencing pelvic floor heaviness and you're not sure, is this because of my prolapse or is this because I'm clenching my butt really hard? What you can do is you can do some anti-gravity positions, which is a YouTube video that we have that we'll link in the show notes below, where you're just kind of elevating your hips and you're breathing into it. You can do back breathing expansion exercises where you're just rounding your back and breathing into your backside because that targets more of the back half of your pelvic floor, which for a lot of us is a little bit tighter. Um, you can also do movements that involve some hip shifting. And so really anything that helps you move your body a little bit more and release some tension in your pelvic floor can sometimes help to relieve symptoms of prolapse. Now, if you continue to maintain those symptoms, then like definitely working with like a pelvic floor physical therapist or seeing a urogynecologist to get fitted for a pessary is a really great option. Like Roxanne said, if you're not able to do exercises that help to strengthen the glute musculature, the muscles that support the pelvis, that allow the pelvic floor to actually move and not clench, then we're going to have a hard time kind of recovering and becoming asymptomatic. And so using a pessary or different tools can be a great option as well that are available to you. And so Roxanne, if you have a prolapse, can you have a vaginal birth? Because that's a big question that we get a lot. I Googled this, like researched this. Will it make it worse? Like a crazy amount. I researched it like crazy after we got pregnant with Colin because 
It was unexpected. It was sooner. It happened sooner Oops. than we wanted. <laughs> um, and I cried about it because I was like, oh, my God, my organs are going to fall out of my body. Because I just, I just became symptom, asymptomatic. So my symptoms had just stopped. And I was like, well, there goes there goes that recovery. Now I got to start back over. And I researched like crazy. And it having a prolapse with subsequent births, it could one, it could cause it to maybe get a little bit worse. Or it could actually improve your prolapse symptoms, which I thought was crazy. But apparently that's a thing. And I am proof it did. I had no symptoms after my second one. But the they will offer, like, if you have a, like, a severe prolapse where it's, like, affecting your, like, function during pregnancy, sometimes they will recommend using the pessary during the pregnancy um, and may offer a C-section if you, if you like. Um, so that's always an option that you can, you know, opt for. But knowing that prolapse is not caused by, like, having a vaginal delivery or, like, like something that you did in your birth is what caused that prolapse. It could have just been like pregnancy, like the the weight of baby on your pelvic floor could have caused a prolapse. Like a C-section, like having a C-section does not mean that you're never going to get prolapse because we know people who have had C-sections and have prolapse. Like it's not the delivery mode that's going to cause or worsen your prolapse. It could just be like genetics in a way, a little bit like just pregnancy, like the effect of pregnancy on your pelvic floor. So you can have a vaginal birth after having prolapse and it won't increase your or worsen your prolapse. It's not like a guarantee and it potentially could actually make it better. And so let's talk about the hormone progesterone that is really high during pregnancy, which causes our muscles and tissues to kind of lax and relax. And they're a little bit more easily manipulated because, again, we want to be a little bit more stretchy during pregnancy because human babies have big heads, especially our babies have big heads. And we want the pelvis to be able to open more easily to allow those babies to pass through. And this is going to translate to all the kind of tissues. So like Roxanne said, our delivery mode probably is not what significantly contributes towards a prolapse, it's probably more so just pregnancy. So having a C-section or having a vaginal birth does not is not necessarily going to prevent you from having a prolapse. But things that may be contributing towards a prolapse or maybe increasing symptoms could be pressure management. So how are we using our breath to change the pressure within our thoracic cavity where our lungs are and our abdominal cavity where like our belly is? And so where your baby is if you're pregnant or where your baby was if you're postpartum. And so the way that we can manage pressure within our entire cavity or our body is when we inhale, the diaphragm moves down, and this is going to increase pressure downward into the abdominal cavity. And so you're going to feel this 360 expansion around your belly, your back, and down into the pelvic floor. And it should be a fairly uniform expansion. And so if you're gripping in your abs in an effort to kind of shrink your waist or to be smaller, you're kind of limiting the movement towards the front of your body. And there's probably going to increase pressure down towards other places like your pelvic floor. The other way is if you're only breathing into your belly, it's a mismanagement of pressure as well. And so we want more of a 360 expansion. So your back, your sides, and your belly should expand kind of the same amount in addition to the pelvic floor. So when we inhale, increasing the pressure. And then when we exhale, we can either relax and allow all of our core canister to just kind of recoil back in, or we can activate. And so this will be like muscular force is kind of pulling everything up and in, kind of like you would think like a Kegel or like your 
squeezing your abs or trying to pull your belly toward your spine. And so we would do that with an exhalation. And so if you're exercising or getting ready to pick up your kid, this is where like pressure management is going to be really important. So when I'm lowering down towards the floor, like I'm lowering in my squat, I'm lowering down to pick up my kid, I would inhale because inhale, we want to kind of pair to the eccentric portion of our movement or the portion of the movement that's with gravity because we are stronger in the eccentric portion or the lengthening portion of movements. And so if you think about when you squat, you can usually lower a lot more weight than you can lift because we're stronger in the lengthening portion. That portion is going to be gathering energy. And then when I go to lift the weight and stand up with it or I go to pick up my kid, I want to exhale to kind of increase the muscular force to counter any sort of increase in pressure in my abdominal cavity from the exertion. So I'm going to inhale as I lower, exhale as I stand up, exhale with demand, exhale against gravity. And that's going to help counter that increase in pressure, which is going to help to protect my pelvic floor and kind of prevent any feelings of like bearing down. And what bearing down means is instead of exhaling to lift up, you might be exhaling to push it down, or maybe you didn't exhale at all. You're still kind of holding your breath. And that increase in pressure is just going downward to the place of least resistance, which during pregnancy is going to be your belly or your pelvic floor. And so pressure management is a huge thing that can help manage prolapse symptoms to help decrease prolapse. And if you don't manage it properly, it can actually increase the symptoms of prolapse. And so again, pressure management is how we are adjusting pressure within our thoracic and our abdominal cavity. Inhales, the diaphragm moves down. So we're feeling 360 expansion, belly back and pelvic floor. So we're increasing the pressure there. And then we're exhale with exertion. So you're picking up your kid, you're standing up with your weight and we're kind of lifting up and in. So the pelvic floor is lifting up as you exhale to counter the increase in pressure from exertion. And that's gonna be really important when you're exercising that we're lifting up when we're exerting ourselves. This doesn't mean that you hold a Kegel or you hold a tight pelvic floor the whole time. I don't want you to mistaking that and think like, oh, well, if I want to counter, I'll just clench my pelvic floor all the time. Like that's going to, that's going to cause heaviness because the pelvic floor is really tight. Um, so we do want the lengthening because that's where we're stretching, we're gathering energy, and it's going to allow us to generate power so that we can lift the pelvic organs back up. So when you're picking up your kid, lift your pelvic floor up. When you're lifting, lift the pelvic floor up. But we also need to learn how to lengthen and stretch the pelvic floor as well, which if you're feeling really unsure and how to do all of that, we do have online courses that talk about it. You can work with a Pell for PT. There's tons of people to help you. Just follow our, our Instagram. We'll show you videos. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of things that you can do to help kind of manage prolapse to minimize the symptoms and that kind of prevent it from getting worse. And the big thing is going to be how you breathe. That's huge. So one of the things that I found to be really helpful for my own prolapse and from just like people's feedback on their prolapse rehab is like Postural Restoration Institute. They have this really big thing on like hip shifting and like strengthening different portions of our glutes and then also like strengthening your obliques and like the hip shifting thing is probably like the biggest thing that I have found to help with my symptoms. And after Colin, I didn't have a ton of symptoms. Um, and I worked with a pelvic floor PT, um, Kyle, love you, Monterey Pelvic Health. If you're in Monterey, I'm jealous, but also 
go see Kyle. She was great, but I didn't have a ton of symptoms because, like, I, I guess, like, I was just better at being postpartum. I have no idea. But with this one, I've had a lot more symptoms after Joan where I've had a lot of heaviness and especially um, other than heaviness, probably a little bit related to pelvic floor tension of just, like, afraid my organs are falling out, but also, like, rectal symptoms where I'm, like, unable to empty all the time. Um, and, like, with rectus seal, there could be, like, a little pouch that can form um, where it, like, protrudes into the vaginal vault that poop can just get, get stuck in. Uh, so sometimes, like, it almost, almost will feel like you still need to poop because there's, like, a little bit in your little pouch. Um, so sometimes you need to, like, brace, like, splint against your perineum or even, like, insert fingers to actually empty your bowels. And so when you have those symptoms, that is, like, still symptomatic of erectocele. And I was having more of those type symptoms after birth um, along with pelvic floor heaviness. But when I started seeing pelvic floor PT, she would have me start doing hip shifting in like everything. Like any time of the day, if I started to feel symptoms, shift my hips. So like I bring my left hip back, um, not really bringing the right hip forward, but it just kind of stays where it's at. And I shift the left hip back while thinking about like, where is my like diaphragm over my hips, as well as like, am I actually engaging in my obliques, as well as my, like, am I like flaring in my ribs? Like, what is like my overall posture like when I'm having my symptoms? And just shifting the hip back, as well as thinking about keeping my like diaphragm stacked over my hips and like engaging my abdominal cavity, um, my abdominal muscles, was like game changing for me this postpartum. Um, like obviously we do it all in like prenatal and like I exercise that throughout my prenatal, but like without a belly, it's like still a different concept. And knowing that you can like literally hip shift at any point in any workout and it's going to like change the game like with symptoms as well as like strengthening to the point where you like just don't need to actually cognitively hip shift has been pretty cool for me this pregnancy. I mean, I think that's the basis for a lot of stuff postpartum is like doing very deliberate steps. Like I inhale down, I exhale to lift up. I shift my hip in this way. I do this movement. I yeah. When I move like this, I breathe. Like being very deliberate is important because it's kind of laying the groundwork to where it becomes second, eventually becomes second nature. And so when we have clients come in the gym, or we have online clients who are like, hey, like it's going to be mentally difficult at first because you have to learn how to breathe and how to coordinate that breath to moving and then also think about your posture. So there's a lot of little pieces that you're thinking about. Yeah. And then I'm like, but don't worry. Like, I promise you, it by the end of this easier. program, you're not going to be like thinking so hard exactly about every little piece. It's going to become second nature. And learning how to hip shift is so important because it helps you change the tension of the pelvic floor. Kind of like we've been talking about, sometimes the prolapse symptoms, that feeling of heaviness is because there's tension in the pelvic floor. And for a lot of us, the type of posture that we're favoring during pregnancy involves like external rotation at the hips. So the legs are like the toes are pointed outwards, kind of like duck feet or an arching in the back. So like kind of thrusting the rib cage upwards is a really common position during pregnancy. And because of that, the back half of the pelvic floor tends to get a little bit tighter. And then we add on the PRI concept of right stance, where we tend to put more weight in the right side of our body. Organs on the right side are denser, and so we feel more stable on that side. Like, we're just naturally asymmetrical. Like, we're not—even my face is not perfectly symmetrical. Like, 
this side is my better side. And I think anyways, I'm perfectly so our symmetrical. Our diaphragm is not symmetrical. Our uterus is not symmetrical. And so we have normal asymmetry within our body. And like we talked about before, when we get stuck in one position all the time, this is where we're going to start to see more issues like feeling pelvic heaviness. And with the hip shift, we're kind of moving the pelvis and we're changing the tension in the pelvic floor to help kind of release some of the tension from being stuck in that one posture all the time. Um, so if you're feeling symptoms of heaviness, we can, one, take a look at our posture. Are we stuck in a position? Maybe add some mobility. It could just be as simple as adding in a hip shift, doing some pelvic tilt, doing thoracic mobility. All of those things are great. Just add movement, especially if you're feeling really symptomatic early postpartum when, like, you shouldn't go to the gym yet, but we can do some rehabilitative work to just move our bodies and that'll probably really help to relieve some symptoms that you're feeling. And so if you're within the first month postpartum, you could join our free early postpartum recovery course where we walk you through week by week, different movements that you can do to help you enhance your recovery, but it's really loose. So you don't have to like, there's not like 15 exercises a day. It's like three movements for the week kind yeah. of thing. Um, but just moving your body can help to relieve symptoms. The next thing is going to be learning how to manage pressure. How are you breathing with movement? Are you exhaling and pushing down? Are you feeling lots of heaviness during movement or when you're picking up your kit? Then we might want to start working on how we are coordinating pressure and how we are coordinating our breathing to our movement. And so if there's anything that you take away from this episode, do some mobility, move your body around, and then also exhale to lift up. Don't exhale to lift down when you're lifting weights. But we also need to relax the pelvic floor again. Like it needs to move. If it's super tight all the time, it can cause problems. Now, another big question that we get is, can I do anything with the prolapse? Should I just exist until it heals? Can I ever run again? Can I jump again? Especially if you are having a lot of those symptoms. Roxanne, can you run again? Yes, you can run again. I ran a half marathon after two kids. So, and I did not have any symptoms. I guess I should say like, yeah, you can run and feel like your organs are falling out. Like you can go jump and again, feel like your organs are falling out. But I was symptomless, symptom asymptomatic. I had no symptoms. Uh, and I ran a half marathon and I, I mean, I didn't, I don't really lift super, super heavy, but I'm able to squat like more than a hundred pounds. I'm able to deadlift more than a hundred pounds. Um, not right now, but I, Eventually, hopefully I'll get back there, but I previously have been able to do that. So you can get back to the activities that you enjoyed previously before your prolapse um, diagnosis. It's okay to also grieve though. Like if you get diagnosed with a prolapse and you're dealing with like a longer recovery and you have a lot of symptoms, it's okay to be upset about it as well. I cried in the shower a lot probably after I got diagnosed with prolapse for my pelvic floor PT. I think I, it was like a month long of just like crying in the shower, like boohoo and pretty hard. And that's okay uh, because prolapse is not really talked about a lot. And it's almost like this feared thing. And it's like you start to like blame yourself for it in a way. Like, what did I do wrong? Like, I thought I did everything perfect. How am I dealing with this prolapse? And knowing that one, it's okay to be upset about it. Like, like I was upset. So you can be upset too. Like you can cry about it, but know that like it's not the end of the world. Like you can get back to function. It just might take a little bit longer. And then if you do have like a really severe prolapse where like even a pessary is not taking away your symptoms um, and even like working with PT for like months on months is not 
helping your symptoms. Um, there's always the option of surgery that they can reinforce those vaginal walls to kind of help with holding your organs in to de hopefully decrease symptoms along with pelvic floor PT. Um, so know that they're like, you could do everything that we say to hopefully get symptomless. And then if that still doesn't work, there is other options available to you because there's always, there's always something else that can be done. Um, but you can eventually get back to doing the things that you enjoy. And so for me, starting around like six months postpartum with Sophie, I was starting to lift like heavy weights for me. Uh, some people, they're not impressive weights, but they're warm up. <laughs> for me, they were very impressive. Um, I was starting to push my weights, trying to like max. And now I'm like at least 14 months postpartum and I'm definitely closer to like my one rep max. Like I'm really pushing the limits with my lifting and I'm not having any symptoms during my exercise, after my exercise, like this is my third baby. I've had a grade two prolapse since after my first baby. And so it is possible to do the things that you love and that you enjoy doing without limitation, even with a prolapse, and not have it get worse. So if you want to continue to have babies, prolapse doesn't mean you have to have you have to stop having babies. It doesn't mean that you have to have a C-section. A C-section will not necessarily prevent you from having a prolapse either. Um, and it doesn't have to get worse, like with subsequent pregnancies or births either. And you can still do all the things that you love and however you want to move your body. Like there's a lot of help out there if you do have a prolapse that is causing issues for you. So the two things that I would say can really help you manage prolapse symptoms, postpartum, kind of alleviate issues during pregnancy is one, move your body. When you get stuck in a position for a prolonged period of time, that clenching can cause a lot of tension in the pelvic floor, which may contribute towards pelvic heaviness. In addition, if you're clenching your pelvic floor, it's not moving and it's not getting stronger. So if I think about just holding my bicep in a curl all the time, I would not consider that a strong bicep. It doesn't have a functional range. And it's the same thing for our pelvic floor. If I want my pelvic floor to be strong, strong does not equal tight. I want a pelvic floor that can move through a good range of motion. And so moving your body is a great way to do that. Going for walks, lifting weights, doing movement that you enjoy and that you feel symptom-free doing is a great option. The next thing is going to be to manage pressure. So how you breathe, we want to ensure that it's syncing with our movement and that we're not bearing down with our exhalations. Hi, this is Ann from Fitness Matters in Columbus, Ohio. Gina was recently here to help our pelvic team learn about postpartum programming from early postpartum to higher level fitness. We so appreciated all her information. The day was fun, engaging, insightful. Um, can't thank Gina enough. You're amazing, Gina. We appreciate you. And all the moms here in Columbus, Ohio are going to be stronger, fitter because of what you showed us. Thanks so much. So just to recap, prolapse is a scary diagnosis that some people can get. You can cry about it like I did, but you can become functional again and get back to living the life that you want to live without symptoms, hopefully. But if you enjoyed this episode, please follow our podcast, subscribe to our channel if you're on YouTube to be notified when we release new episodes. We release new episodes every Wednesday and new birth stories every Friday. 
This podcast is sponsored by Needed, a nutrition company that's focused on the perinatal timeframe. Both Gina and I have taken Needed during our pregnancies, postpartum, and they're very intentional about all of the products that they create. And you can use code MAMASTAYPOD for 20% off your own products, your first order, or the first three months of your subscription. If you need more support during your pregnancy, you can use our prenatal fitness programs or an education courses. If you need more support in the postpartum, you can follow our postpartum fitness courses or education courses. If you're a professional, we offer both birth worker and fitness trainer courses. We offer it online in a self-paced version that you can work through at your own pace, or we also offer in-person workshops. If you wanna invite us to come teach wherever you're located, please just send us an email or contact us. We would love to go to Australia if anyone in Australia wants us to come teach a course. You can use code STORY10 on any of our courses for 10% off as a thank you for listening to this whole podcast and YouTube video.